every sunny tone, stories about the culture. Do out in sculpture, recording every Friday. So here it our way, no need to catch a flight away. Stay tuned for our take. Patreon content that's coming out. What's the Patreon link gonna be? Doing? We we might low key. Re- Let's record a snippet of it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah keep yeah, it. Keep yeah, the yeah. same energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. The for same sure. exact. We'll just energy. put the mics open so I, I could just. Put it but up the, we don't even need the mic. Just get the grab the phone and and just record a clip. Oh, not dude's gonna say it's fake on the phone. <laughs> I don't. I don't really care. It's about the content. Mm. That's facts. So, but the energy is going to change. I already know. So, people get shy with the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we bringing out cameras? I thought we just. I said we're going to do it. We're going to do a video clip. Oh, video mm. clip! I thought you said we're just going to record it, like the audio. Oh no, 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 no! Let's do it. Let's do a video clip. Oh, you're trying to have a black box with evidence. Um. <laughs> See, Mike don't know. See, he already yeah. don't know. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm with it. We're going to start. Uh, Mike said you're not going to start live streaming. Out. I'll be fine. Patreon. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. No, no, I think that you know it's about time that they everyone got to see our faces. Yeah, so yeah they didn't see who Corey so is. People stop capping on the pod. People yeah. already know who I am. Oh my fault, bro. Let me take yeah, a step back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. A few got people you. know me. Handful, one or two. Mm-hmm. Your name is Finest. A couple, a few. DJ Corey Moss. Yep. <laughs> Mike, Mike is hilarious. Welcome to episode fifty-one. <laughs> After dinner conversations, we got the whole crew here. Mike's here, mm-hmm. Corey's here, I'm here, and we're ready to have a good episode. How Absolutely. y'all feeling? I'm feeling good. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling all right, man. The weather's back, bro. Yeah, God, God came with a nice little sun, a little breeze. It actually did lift my spirits a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it was nice. For sure. Yeah, I got a hoodie on and no no overcoat, so I'm good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No vest, nothing. No vest, nope, no parka, nothing. Now, yes, yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Was it 75 yesterday or two days ago? Two okay. days. It was 75? Yeah, yeah, two days ago. Well, I was I was working, so I didn't go. Outside. What's your job? Both, uh, actually. So all I all I did was go in the car mm, and out the car. Interesting. You, was probably, you went at night, too, so you didn't even get the full. Exactly. Yeah, understandable, slow. understandable. Nah, I went outside with some shorts on. Um, shorts? On Thursday. I had a little, yeah, 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 a little, little pepper my step. Bugging. It was 75. <laughs> Shorts come out at 80. No, it wasn't short shorts. It was my Adidas shorts. Like oh, the, okay, You know, the Capri's okay, ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's calm. You like to get a breeze, bro? Yeah, fast, <laughs> nah, bro. 80, at 80, 80. At 80? 80. That's when it gets too hot, bro. That's when we got to go back inside for AC. 80? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 90. No, 90s when it gets too hot. North of 85, God can keep, bro. What? Yeah, for sure. Y'all are bugging. No, no, Y'all understand the, the, the struggles of a black man, yo. Because the, the, that sun be strong, bro. I be dying. I feel like I'm like a drying out grape in the sun. I don't understand what you're saying, but um, how y'all been this week? I've been um, just, um, I, I just like Steven said, just been enjoying the weather and yeah, making sure we keep moving forward. And I'm big going on, just same old, same old. We're in the middle, in the middle of the work week, <laughs> middle of the, just putting things out and making sure we are uh, making progress. How y'all feeling, man? I'm alright. <laughs> um, I think. I'm thinking this week, just like the last three days of the week was good. I think the first two days, I was just kind of overwhelmed and exhausted. I'm still kind of overwhelmed, but I'm feeling better, much better. Mm. The sun's positive, so I'm positive. Yeah, so I'm good. Um, I got some dope, dope projects in the works, and I'm super excited. Music projects? No, not music oh. projects, but some dope projects in the works that hopefully I'm able to announce some stuff by the summertime, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and I'm just looking forward to it. So that's been... Obviously making my schedule more and more busy, but I've been appreciative of it to collab with some dope people. Um, so work has been good. Projects have been good. And now the weather is good. That's a trifecta. Ooh, the Holy Trinity. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Stephen I'm B. trying to today. slide them in, but I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just playing. I don't know yeah. if they hit. I'm, I'm just playing. Uh, we can slide into our, uh, our first segment. <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah, uh, even Mike don't want to hear your joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, every time the joke ends up in a religious realm, everybody gets uptight, so it's fine. Um, no, so <laughs> cocktail hour. A lot of things happened this week. One of the things that are happening, I believe, is this Sunday? 
The Grammys are happening this Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sometime soon. Sometime real soon. Um, as you remember, I think we discussed this on episode, can't remember, 27, 28? Something like that. Something yeah. like that about Grammy nominations, uh, who got snubbed, this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. And the weekend, I think he may have said this even at the time, but now I think maybe he's just doubling down on his stance that he will not be attending this Grammy or future Grammys because of the alleged snub, alleged snub, alleged snub that he had for, I think, Blinding Lights and a few other tracks he dropped mm-hmm. throughout the year. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on that before I, I dive into my thoughts. To be honest, I've never been a huge award show person. And I can acknowledge that some of that is probably the fact that my tastes tend to be different than what most mainstream tastes are. But I've never seen, I mean, I can imagine as an artist, that's validation to get, you know, these yeah. trophies, these awards, these recogni- this, these pieces of recognition. But I've never been a huge award show person. And so the fact that they snub certain songs, the fact that people aren't rocking with certain songs, it doesn't come as a huge surprise to me. And I think that's just because music has changed so much in terms of there's no one sound. There's Mm -hmm. no top five sounds. Every song I hear, even by the same artist, like artists have literally rebranded themselves from R&B singers to to hard nosed, you know, gutter rappers. And gutter rappers? Gutter rappers. What's a gutter rapper? Oh, goodness. Y'all talking about my terms. Gutter rapper? <laughs> Out the gutter. Yeah, I was assuming they're trapping. Like, you Thank know, you. Harder, but they're not. I Thank guess. you, Mike. Um, Mike from Philly, he knows. Oh, my bad. <laughs> um, but, you know, that has changed so much that it's hard to find a collective committee, I'm, I'm sure, that's like, that all rock with a new song or a new sound or something that's more alternative, so... Especially the weekend, right? I think you know he takes a few more chances with his music, which mm-hmm. I usually appreciate. But you know, I can see where a lot of people don't rock with it. So I'm glad he's you know taking a step back and saying, you know, I'm not coming here because I think it it requires people to do a more open mindset analysis of music. Yeah. To say like, yo, this dude thinks he got snubbed. Let's take a deeper look. Let's you know look at this artist that might sound similar, and I think that's good. So. Hopefully, there's more award shows that focus on alternative categories and people like The Weeknd and other folks like that. But even the mainstream ones, I think y'all just need to take a deeper look because there's so much dope talent, dope quality music out here that, you know, that might not fit a mainstream sound. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree fully, Corey, because I've always been saying that these award shows are not, like, they just don't respect black art Mm -hmm. in whatever field they might be. yeah, like, you know, they black, black people do win awards in the United States in those categories, whatever, but even the weekend and Grammys. Because um, the weekend's damn sure not the first person to, to not want to perform. Uh, we were talking about Beyonce earlier and then even Frank Ocean, too, yeah. uh, a few years ago, too, as well. And they just they just don't. They literally just, like, you know, they don't respect black art, like, black music. Like, I mean, think about our lifetime, too. And, like, here's the thing. I'm not saying that, you know, because I like something that it should be nominated for award. And, you know, that's how all fans think um, as well. But I feel like even in our lifetime, we've seen black artists, especially black musicians, put out some, like, you know, all-time, like, never before seen music. And it was those particular albums that never, some don't even get nominated for album of the year. I don't know last time a black artist even won album of the year. Um, I'm thinking, I don't think, I don't think we have to go, it might have to go back as far as 2002, 2003. With Outcast when they won there for uh, Stankonia, mm-hmm. went there with the Sorry Miss Jack the album, um, and stuff like that, and Hey Yacht and all that. Um, and even that felt like cutting edge at the time too. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's something like you know, I agree. With, like, yeah, they're not gonna, you know. And then, then on the flip side, people don't want to. I mean, even BATs on by Viacom now, so you know, wh- wh- who has the best? Exactly. Who's really evaluating? And also, I don't think most award shows really um, put their criteria or how they're evaluating these no, never. arts mm, public. No. Anybody said they probably won't ever do them, but if they want people to have faith in the credit and you want you to have credibility, then you have to be transparent about how you're evaluating yeah. and what yeah. the pro- that process is. And I think also we have to get away a little bit from legacy, right? I don't know which Grammys this, this is, um, like the 60... 60- Third, is it like? Oh easy. yeah. So, um, but I'm saying I think you know there's a lot of new award shows that continue to pop up, and obviously they don't have the legacy or the reputation. But ultimately, the artists are what give the award the show the legacy, the credibility, mm-hmm. right? And I think we have to be aware of that because if, if you're an artist and you're and you get together as a collective and said this is what we're valuing, mm-hmm. then that becomes credible. And it takes away some of that credibility or that validation from award shows that continue to snub artists that might not fit the mold. 
Yeah, I think you guys hit it both on the money. Uh, I think one of the things I had to think I have to think about this closely because it's two sides, right? I think on one hand, I like the fact that artists remove themselves from participating in the Grammy for whatever like you know mental space they need or like believing that they don't want to associate themselves with that. I'm for that. I think I always just have like a you know an eyebrow raise when it only happens when people are snubbed, right? And I think one. One too many times we see artists, and I think mm-hmm. Drake's just the one. I seen a video on it today, so I'm gonna throw him out, not to even just disrespect him or anything. But you know, we'll acknowledge that you know the Grammys aren't fair. The Grammys, you know, don't you know look at black artists or give credit to the artists who are actually really making good music. Oftentimes, but you know, he's in a position where every year he's getting nominated for three or four, mm-hmm. even if he doesn't win one. So he's always gonna attend because. Even in the ways he might get disrespected, he's still afforded the respect of giving X amount of awards. And whereas these artists, and The Weeknd most notably right now, The Weeknd, you know, people argue that there's certain um, awards that they felt other artists should have gotten he mm-hmm. didn't get, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, he, of course, would say, no, I deserve every one I got before this, that, and the third. But there's arguments for every, every agreement. That's why there's categories. That's why there's <laughs> contestants. And so when it comes to the fact that he is only not coming now because this past year, whatever you felt about Blinding Lights, he didn't get nominated, which I don't think that's even his best song ever or anything like that. It's not like this was his make make or break song or album for his career, nothing like that. I think it was like his, it had like the best commercial success. It has yeah. best commercial success, but my interpretation has always been the Grammys is about the musical element of the song, right? Mm-hmm. They have the Billboard Awards for Billboard type songs. You know what I'm saying? The Grammy's about the actual music, if it was good or not. And that's yeah. the conversation everybody's scared to have when it comes to it. Like something can be wonderful on the on the billboards. Like it charts, it does everything. And it from a lyrical or a music perspective to the ear and music subjective, it could just be good, not great. Yeah. You know, and that's always my problem when I argue with people about certain celebrities. You know, the minute you tell them about this song wasn't good, it was it was on billboards for mm-hmm. twenty weeks. Okay, Red Robin streamed it 20,000 times. What does that mean to me? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, you can say that, you know, we're um, not pro- I'm protesting the Grammys. I'm never coming back to stand a third. But it's a thing, particularly with black artists, it never culminates into anything. It's, oh, I'm only not going to come mm-hmm. when I'm not nominated. Meanwhile, you know, you have new acts, people like D Smoke or whoever you want to talk to or talk about who get nominated for their first ones, you know. Should they not attend now? You know, this is what they've been yeah. watching their whole life. Freddie what, Gibbs. Oh, yeah, yeah, Freddie Gibbs. And they've been streaming for this. And now they're here. And it's all, you know, Grammys don't respect black people. You know, we're not going. It's like, we? I got nominated twice. I'm going. <laughs> and, this, and this is my first album. This is my first yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. And that's not even to blame them. Cause, and you can't yeah. blame them yeah. for that because you was in that same position a few years back. We No one can ever deny that they knew the Grammys um, were suspecting uh, critiquing black artists and black music. We've known that for decades. But we kept going back. So it's it's one of those things where it's like I respect the move for the artist and the individual because I feel like they're – I try to look at it on the fact that they're doing it for their best self-interest. But it it's still kind of like what is the final goal? If it's just for you, that's great. But people always try to say, oh, we got to boycott the Grammys. Like, y'all don't want to boycott the Grammys. But I mean, but I think, you know, they say they got to boycott the Grammys, but there's still no alternative, right? And yeah. I, think, I think that would be the key point because if now the next generation of artists grow up – looking at whatever, you know, Drake and Beyonce work together to create, you know, just for example, as Mm -hmm. artists, as, you know, more mainstream artists, they create their own award show. That way the next D Smoke or the next, you know, artist that's coming up can say, okay, I want that type of award. If you don't provide an alternative to something, then it's hard to boycott. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was excellent, yeah. Yeah, that's a great end point. Transition. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today, Mike? Yeah, so our topic for today is a topic that's on, against the topic of America <laughs> this weekend after uh, the House passed, the Senate amended, uh, you know, COVID, it was an American Rescue Plan, the COVID-19 bill? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one tr- $1.9 trillion, uh stimulus package for the United States. Stimmy. And so today we're going to talk about, you know, what we think about that, especially for people our age. Like, what does that mean? What does it mean for... Uh, you know how we're gonna progress moving forward. What should what what should people do with their money? Um, I know no one wants to hear like, oh, you know, let's talk. About, no one wants to hear someone else talk about what other people. We're not pocket watching. Yeah, we're not pocket watching. That's, that's, we're just not a pocket watching, hating ass podcast. Check um, change. No, but we're just talking about you know what's, what what it should be like and just having an open conversation on like what's happening uh, in our current events right now. So first and foremost, how do y'all feel? I think a question on everyone's mind because we saw the whole wild election cycle. 
Um, we saw every, all the million promises made by everybody in the world. Um, the regular stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> I've seen, I seen people on social media get mad because they were like, um, Joe Biden promised, first and foremost, he promised that $2,000 out the gate. And then yeah. um, he promised a lot of other things, $15 minimum wage, da 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 So a lot of these promises got changed, and then things didn't get passed until, mm-hmm. you know, he got inaugurated, what, January 20th or 21st, and now it's like mid-March um, as well. And so... You know, how do y'all feel about, you know, how should how you think people are feeling about this or should feel about this? I mean, people are upset until the money hits the account. You know, I think, you know, it, if I get stimulated. Yeah. Like, you know, well, you know, I think every day since he's been in office, I see a quote, t- a quoted tweet that says, Joe, where's my money? Right. <laughs> With twenty hundred thousand likes or whatever. Um, and we'll I don't say we, but people will complain about the original promise, the two thousand. Uh should have been two thousand. I thought we was getting two thousand. Georgia said if we get Georgia, we get two thousand, you know, where's the two thousand? When the fourteen hundred hits the bank account, you might complain once like I'm missing six hundred. Mm-hmm. Still gonna take that fourteen hundred. And I think all politicians know that. You know, people are gonna complain that it's not what it should have been, but once the money's in your hand, a lot of people will just for lack of a better term, shut up and take the money and keep mm-hmm. it pushing. Yeah, because this is supposed to be better than the one from last year um, under Trump because allegedly, you know, per, per, per tweets and whatever <laughs> that they say, um, you know, that this is supposed to reach 85% of American households. should be affected in some way um, as well. And that's also like, you know, fresh or, re, you know, renewed unemployment extensions or, you know, boosters and also um, more uh, pandemic payday loans or I think that was called the PVP loans <laughs> like yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which people are getting <laughs> ready to use for scamming but we won't talk about it today uh, yeah. hey that's, that's, that's actually on, that's on the topic today <laughs> you know, I, I should use it you know should you be on LLC Twitter and listen to the, the tax schemes <laughs> that was going on and stuff like that um, but no nah, I think that um, yeah so like it should be it's, so far and of course it was signed like yesterday so we don't know um, what, what the actual results are going to look like until the next couple of weeks but um, yeah it's supposed to be transformative and supposed to be this big thing so you know do y'all think that this is well i don't know if you answered the first part Corey. i apologize um my thoughts on it i've been i've just been trying to dig so deep into it i've been asking mm-hmm. all my friends that that read policy that can understand it that can break it down for me i have you know a couple people that i watch on youtube that do a really good job of breaking stuff down related to the stimulus and i think ultimately it provides a lot of relief mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what its goal is for. I think a lot of people expect political decisions to be all-encompassing solutions. And I think we know the reality of that is almost impossible to have, have a bill that solves every problem, right? Whether Mike said it was a $15 minimum wage that most people didn't dig deeper in and understand, you know, the potential impacts on inflation or the impacts on, on other aspects of the economy or we look at you know people are still talking about the student loan debt that didn't get canceled right all all yeah. these things that have this deeper impact that i don't think we dig in because it was a promise right we assume that because it was a promise oh we oh we good like mike said we get georgia we get 2000 got georgia no 2000, no 2000. right <laughs> so i think it, it does provide some relief but i think we also have to understand that now with a vaccine this potentially is the last relief plan. Mm-hmm. And so now as we're probably, we'll probably dig into a little bit later in the conversation, how do we make the most of this from a business owner perspective? Obviously, you know, none of us have these physical brick and mortar businesses, but for business owners, um, even people that have LCs that don't have the brick and mortar stores, yeah. right? How do they make the most of the PPP loan? Mm-hmm. How do we make the most of the the vaccine shortages in certain areas and certain communities? How do we make the most of the direct stimulus payments? How do people make sure that they're capitalizing on the child tax credit and the money for their dependents, right? Our college students whose parents get the check for them, giving the money to the students, right? Like all these all these little things that we have to make sure are are done and done correctly because this might be the last plan. And I think that was one of my big things that people are saying, you know, the 2000 might still be coming. Well, the vaccine here. So I don't think we're going to have another conversation about a relief plan unless something drastic happens over the next couple months. Super strange. Yeah. God forbid. But we shall see. So, so what are y'all thoughts on how, I think just talking about the direct payments or the 1400, Mm -hmm. What are y'all thoughts on making, how to make the most of that? I know we've seen tweets, we've seen, you know, a lot of stuff, but just overall thoughts. 
I think you have to service it for what you need right now, right? So I know there's people who are really like, you know, using their credit card until it was going to get that extra fourteen hundred to whatever um, extra like things they had to buy, whether it be food or things that happen within their family, maintenance problems, whatever that they had to you know push back with loans, you know. In some sense, unless, you know, you have a good payment plan, it might have to just go to rectifying that problem entirely because, you know, credit card uh, um, rates are crazy. Um, loan crazy mm-hmm. are worse for banks sometimes. Um, so rectifying that. I think if you are in somewhat of a stable con- um, stable financial situation, you just kind of want to put that money to the side. I think we had talked about this briefly before mm-hmm. the pod. You, you want to have that money just reserved for something. And I always just feel like I got to have money. I don't know what it's for. Never know what it's for. I just know I got to have money reserved somewhere. Um, and so, and I believe, I don't know if Mike's in the same situation. I don't think I got the first two. I didn't get the first two stimulus checks. I didn't get the first one. I got the $600. Yo, you got the second one? Yeah. Interesting. So I was the only one who didn't get both. Um, so when I didn't get both, I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this one's definitely going to have to go into the, the bank account. Um, but I, th- I mean, I, I did my taxes. I'm going to get the old one. So we here now. Bro. But, oh, yeah. I didn't get the. Um, were, you, were you still dependent? Huh? Did you when I filed, when I filed in 2019, I was a dependent. Oh yeah, so that's why I got you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. That's that's why you they gave it to your parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know that's what that's what happened. And you know what our parents did? You kept it, you put Bought it back in the house. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> Bought a new Samsung. So TV. yeah, I had I had to file for the last year, last year one too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This year, this time around. So yeah, I I, I think it's just you got to ser- service the need. I, it's always weird, like you said, Mike. We're not pocket watches. I never like to tell people what to do with their yeah. money, but I just think, you know, it's very important to. Make sure, like, when that money goes, you know, you feel like you used it for what you needed for at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, the wor- I think the worst feeling for people sometimes is that, you know, you got money. And you see all the jokes on Twitter, like, um, people got 1400 check to go to Red Lobster. Like, let me get the whale. You know what I'm saying? You just <laughs> – and maybe sometimes you want the enjoyment. You're going to blow it that fast. But sometimes it really kind of hurts when you're like, damn, you know, when new- other things, other problems pop up. And unfortunately with life – Something, some new crisis is always going to pop up in your life where financial means is necessary to combat it. Um, so that's my thoughts on that, at the very least. Yeah, I agree. Because you, you always have to get your uh, needs and essentials out the way first. But if you could, um, I don't know, finance is all about finding ways to have, like, sustainable, um, like you said, a reserve of money, of course, but also a sustainable way of, like, you gaining, like, control or, like, you know, or funding or ways, like, the money can sustain itself through investments or something like that, or businesses, um, ways you can generate more income um, in some way or another. And um, for this, you know, we're talking about a specific demographic, the people who made, what, less than 75000 mm-hmm. um in a year. So that could be a lot of people our age, could be, could be people older. But you said, you said, you said um, if I'm not mistaken, that that under 75 hit about 85% of households. Yeah, so I saw somewhere that they said that the, that the check should go out to about most American okay. households, like eighty five percent. Is that most of the? I mean, I don't know. Um, it probably is because I think I know a third of the probably probably more than a third now after last year is in, in poverty mm-hmm. in the United mm-hmm. States. So it's like hundred million. So and then if you're above poverty, you're above that small threshold. So I'm assuming that goes into like the, the probably the next hundred million people. Yeah. Um, and there, does that go up to eighty five percent? Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because hard is you know I don't know how to even collecting data about this, but yeah. Um, but now yeah. I would say that you know you just have to find a way to make sure you get your finance gives you some type of control um or your life big i'm big uh proponent of uh of uh if i'm talking about particularly for black you find a way to get ownership of something no matter what it is a business house an apartment condo you name it find ways to put your name down for something and own that and put it to your name and um be able to either reap benefits or from it or just be able to you know, put it towards something that it will be useful to you in the long term because you can take it just a piece of it, whatever, 200, 300, um, if you have that to spare. Um, and then, like, find – I know it's hard because, like, everyone has to do research and no one has the answer. Right. You know, no even even the research won't be enough. Yeah, you know, and so it's going to like gonna be a process. It's going to be a struggle, whatever. But, like, you know, you have to put that towards the future pretty much, you know, if you can because, like, you don't want to keep coming to the situation because you see how most employment – and not even just in the United States, across the world, but – very, it's called vulnerable employment because your 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 job is susceptible to like economic shocks, so like pandemic. <laughs> you know, if something happens massive, they're gonna lay you off because you don't have that security in your contract. Um, mm-hmm. like like we like we might have working for a university or whatever, you know, working for a corporate company because you're on that contract, they can't do nothing. You know, technically. Um, but if you're at will employee, then you know, if I don't, if they just say that we don't need you, then they're gonna they're just gonna push you off and then you just fall back in that same cycle, selling your labor, selling your labor, and you know. But if you want to stop that. <laughs> 
you know, some sustainable money uh, long term, maybe own and ownership is the only way to get that independence that we're all looking for. Mm. What you thinking, Corey? I think it's hard because mm-hmm. ultimately the goal of stimulus payments is to stimulate the economy. Correct. correct. Right. And so in order to stimulate the economy, money. that money has to <laughs> be spent and put back into the economy. So it's it's not meant to go into a savings account. It's meant to go to Maytag for a washing machine. It's meant to then go from Maytag to whoever supplies. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's meant to go around in, in this sort of economic cycle. And so I think, you know, my advice would be similar to Mike's as in respond to your situation, right? I think a lot of times ownership should be the goal, but, you know, satisfying that sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. should be priority. And so for so many Americans, that means paying back rent. For so many Americans, that means paying back car notes. For so many Americans, that means, you know, getting groceries for the month. And so that ha- and so that is a way to stimulate the economy. And so I'd say for, for those Americans, I think with $75,000 being the income sort of threshold, $80,000 being the complete cutoff, 160 for couples, whatever, mm-hmm. the goal should be to make sure that those needs are met as a way to stimulate the economy. And so you paying your landlord is stimulating the economy because now the landlord can pay whatever bills the landlord has to pay. Mm -hmm. You paying, you know, the car note allows the auto manufacturers to stay. Like all these little things are, are cyclical. And so I say, if you're in the position to save, save, absolutely save for any day. But I think the majority of people aren't even in the position to save because of how harsh 2020 has been and Mm -hmm. so many back payments. And so I say, make sure we're taking care of those needs. And in, and in doing so, those needs will hopefully stimulate the economy in ways that, you know, we can build moving forward. Starting an LLC counts as stimulating the economy or no? Uh, If it makes money and you're you're providing people with jobs, then yeah. (laughs) If it's a profitable business, yeah. I think yeah, it can. Yeah. It I can. guess it depends on yeah, what the business is. If you're right. contributing to the you know local revenue, yeah. but it, but if it's starting an LLC and the majority of the startup costs in terms of getting the LLC name take up what the fourteen hundred is, so it's getting the name. No, no, but I'm saying so. Like there's a there's a, there's upfront fees. There's fees. Yeah. fees. So there's you know there's legal yeah. fees. There's getting Paperwork. the name mm-hmm. fees. So what state you're if you need insurance, that, yeah. 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 So if that's the case, then a lot fourteen hundred. Oh, that's, that's pretty much all your fees. Your fees so so if you're not doing anything after that, then you're and you're sitting on an LLC, mm. then using that whole fourteen hundred potentially to start it might not be a way to stimulate the economy. And it might say, hey, instead of starting this LLC, I'm going to you know you to use some of this money to take a course on how to start an LLC and that will pay the course instructor who can pay for the books who can pay. Mm. So there might be alternative ways to still better yourself without, you know, taking a step too, too fast. Okay. That makes sense. But start your LLC. If you want to start your LLC, don't say Corey told you not to do it. Don't, don't no. say after doing conversation, <laughs> give you financial advice on how to start your LLC. Right. Yeah, just make sure you have a business model, please. <laughs> Too many people starting businesses without plans or models or <laughs> strategic ways of getting income <laughs> or, or resources. And I think we mentioned it this week, so I'll definitely do some research. I think there's some dope people that are doing courses related to starting LLC, so that mm-hmm. might be one of our businesses for Plug a Plug next mm-hmm. week. Okay. And it will we'll yeah. turn the Athenian Conversations trademark then LLC? Sure. We'll make a pair company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make, like, on, like, you know, Google Alphabet, same yeah. thing, you know what I'm saying? And we have a bunch of little podcasts beneath us, like, like the Joe Biden Network or something. Oh, like okay. Yeah, like that, like that, like that. Anyways. <laughs> That's where our steaming going. Exactly. Because then we'll have, between the three of us, we'll have almost, uh, what? Math going bad. 4,200? Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me. Oh, wait, Corey said. No, 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 no. We, 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 yeah, we got 42. We okay, got so 42. 42, 42. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> but are there any back payments? There's what? We're not pocket watching. So go on to the next question. <laughs> oh, man. What's the next question? Um, I think just like, uh, this has been a good conversation so far. So mm-hmm. I think the, um, something we haven't touched on yet is, uh, yeah, like where do you think the uh, economy is going? Especially for people our age, like, you know, because oh, yeah. we've met from our age, you could say like plus or minus maybe like three years and like, so three years ahead, three years below us, um, you know, we were definitely hit. 
on all type of ways <laughs> by this pandemic, um, whether it was literally in the labor market, was economic, whether it's mentally, physically, uh, you name it, it impact all of us. Um, and we had some friends who graduated into a pandemic, you know. Toughest you know, scene. Yeah, it is. And so, I know, it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was tough. Had to do it. Exactly. So, you know, and that's we're, we're difficult. Looking forward to that. Man name for himself. <laughs> and so, like, we're definitely going to see, like, the economy do whatever and recover or whichever. And over the next couple of years, not the biggest concern. But, like, for people our age, like, you know, how do you even go about, like, continuing life plans after this massive thing has happened? And you don't know if it can happen again, you know? Um, they, they keep saying once in a while, but once in a while events keep happening repeatedly right, <laughs> since like years. yeah, since the 2010s, honestly. Um, but yeah, so like, what do you think? Like people our age, from like the early 20s, maybe mid, early to mid late 20s, maybe early 30s. Like you know, how can we, how can we keep our plan moving forward after this package has come in? Like you said, it's probably be the last package anyway. Yeah, um, I think and so. yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm pretty assuming that everything's gonna be open by like August. August, yeah, next month, yeah, or even then, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. oh yeah, it's coming. So, like, people are gonna be outside again, and things are gonna be moving again. So, uh, what's his name, Doctor Fauci? Right, that's his mm-hmm. name. Was on, um, he was on everything. He's been on every black uh network or show since like December. I know. Um, but he was on first take like two days ago, and he was like basically saying, yeah, by June, July, he think that's when there's really gonna be a like most things are open, approaching norm normality mm-hmm. of what. We are accustomed to plus mask in certain places. Um, so I'm jack. He said July. I'm jacking a month early. Oh, that's late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. Um, no, but I think to answer is, answer Mike's question, I think the one thing that I learned graduating into a pandemic is that in certain situations you have to put your pride aside, and so I think there's a lot of people that are struggling to find work but their search is limited. And I think in a lot of ways that's saying, hey, I got a degree. I'm too good to work here. I'm too good at work at X, Y, Z. And for me, when my search started, my search started in the middle of the uproar, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. So things were just getting known. They said pandemic. They didn't say pandemic, right? They just said sort of we got this new flu, (laughs) right? That was was essentially the wording that was going on. It was a wild time. And so my, my job search continued as planned, but as it got more and more, you know, mainstream and the, this pandemic word came out and, you know, countries started not allowing travelers and, and it got real, my eyes opened and said, okay, this, my search has to expand. I'm not too good for this type of work. You know, it is it about me saying I have this cushy job or is it about me making a stable income? And I think that's that's the question. And so for for me, I always look back to older generations that had guidance. And, you know, and obviously in in certain like the Industrial Revolution, like layoffs happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And the people that made it were the people that were also painters on the side that could fix cars on the side that, you know, knew how to clean gutters on the side. Those those were the people that, that made it. And for for our generation, obviously, that looks a lot differently, but it's going to be. Yes, sometimes it's going to be the entrepreneurial people that will have a side business, but it's also going to be the people that aren't too good to go to the factory, that aren't too good to go to the grocery store, that aren't too good to go to the mall, because it's about, you know, providing for your family and providing for yourself as opposed to to just, you know, saying that you have a certain level of status because you have a certain position or a certain career. I think Corey hit it on the money with the pride piece, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that ties into... Uh, the persona that people put out of themselves, right? Um, especially, you know, with um, in the context of either social media or just your social presence, even if it's not like social media, like let's say it's LinkedIn, for example. Um, there's con- there's always that level of competition. Like, you know, I got my degree in this. I got a great job here, and I'm going to work my way up to get here, this, that, and the third. And the pandemic kind of just shot all that in the foot and said, you know, climb if you can, but your foot, you know, there's a, there's a bullet wound in your foot. Like, you're not walking the way you would like to. And I think it really comes down to is having that level of self-consciousness to say, I'm going to have to change my directory of what Mm -hmm. I was trying to do. Like, so whether that had been, I was trying to work this job, but they had to lay off X amount of people. Like, I know my internship, they took no interns this past summer. Like, I think it was me and five of the kids. Mm -hmm. And, like, at least two or three of them probably had, like, parents at the company that said, yo, my kid's coming. Mm -hmm. So y'all can find the money to get them here. And I, I was on a fellowship, so I was I wasn't going nowhere. So, <laughs> so everybody there was on some type of we here, so mm-hmm. y'all got to find the money type of thing. 
But I think you really, 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 really need to be able to say, you know, this is my plan that I created before the pandemic, and this is post-pandemic. My plan is not going to work the same. Like, we constantly readjust our plans. We constantly realize that, okay, this avenue is closed. This door is closed. This door is locked. This door burned down. I got to maneuver and find something else. And I think if you realize that, you know, the plan of where you was going to go, like let's say you had a three-year plan of where you're going to start working. Once you start working, you have all these vacations and trips, all these type of things you can do once the, the money was hitting the way you want to, mm-hmm. and that got to change, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? I think in a, in a positive and negative, there's going to be a lot of different things when it comes to, let's say, travel, for example, that people are going to have to do, whether it be from a health perspective or even financial perspective. But the world had seen the pandemic, and people want – this normality to come back, you know, maybe it's the fact that, you know, you lost a lot of money and the trips you're trying to take weren't, you know, in your budget, but Mm -hmm. you know, who's to say these countries aren't struggling and they're not going to lower their plane tickets down or their resorts are cutting their prices because, Hey, we want people to come. So it's just about understanding what your plan was, what you were trying to do and just maneuvering. So, and you're not here to press nobody. You know what I'm saying? You might think maybe because you was talking a lot of shit, you got to impress somebody, but (laughs) you you know, there's nobody really to impress. As long as you know, you're healthy, you're getting your shit together and everything's working fine, you're going to be all right regardless. So you're saying don't break the bank to uh, flex on social media? No, 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 no never break the bank. <laughs> but never So, but, the so bank. I, that leads me to another question, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think, so I think most of us have probably seen or heard somebody that has had COVID, whether they passed or whether mm-hmm. they didn't, mm-hmm. but somebody that's gotten sick from the pandemic. And so do you think that experiencing that, at least especially for our generation, changes the mindset and says everything that I was putting off I have to do sooner, right? Whether that be traveling to all these countries and getting all these passport stamps, whether it be buying the new car, whether it be buying the house, right? Oh, this sort of rushes my timeline because I don't know how long I'm going to be here, right? This Mm -hmm. pandemic proved that time is not eternal, right? Or life is not eternal. And so do you think that potentially has a bad financial impact because people are going to be extending and flexing and, you know, going into debt potentially to, to make up for lost time? I would say no. I think, you know, things like death and that are, you know, very traumatizing and like, you know, impact people a lot. I don't want to say necessarily get forgotten, but the, the strength of the, the trauma is weakened over time. Um, and so I think regardless, if I think you want to travel, regardless if, you know, your, your eyes were woken up to a death of this day and the third, I think you were probably going to head in that trajectory anyway. Um, I think you had thoughts about that plans and maybe, it, maybe there's a slight more urgency, but like, let's say, you know, we, couldn't travel, let's say, for, like, the last year. Um, whether or not you know you were going to trade that trip next year or the year after, it was going to happen. Um, so I don't think it, it, it necessarily cha- changes much. I think maybe it, it puts more of an onus on actually enjoying the experience mm. more so, right? Okay. Like, make sure you're there. You're you're living every moment you're there. You're you're on this yacht. You you went jet skiing, jet gliding, whatever. Like, you're, you know, you're making sure you're actually doing whatever activities you want to do because – the alternative is you go somewhere and you didn't have fun. Now you're going to look back and say, you know, I'm not living my life to the way I wanted to. I'm not enjoying my vacation or my experiences the way I want to. So, like, what am I doing with my life? Am I really living it? Mm-hmm. And when you have a situation like that, then you're going to start looking back at, you know, unfortunately that trauma of people you've lost and saying, you know, these people didn't even get to have these experiences. Now i got to live it. But I think if you just keep that in mind that, you you know, you, you're going to live life and do it the best you can, you're, you're going to live, you're going to do it regardless, you know, whether it will happen with COVID or not. I know people who was in Tulum last August, like, <laughs> you know, active pandemic. They still was going to Tulum. They were supposed to go to Morocco. They went to Tulum instead. You know, to them, it was like, what's the difference? Vacation happened regardless. Yeah. So. Better than me. Um, I think I agree with your first part, Corey. I'm trying to remember. Um, no, I do, I do think people rush. Yes, social media. I do think people would um, do it just to um, be a part of it because um, that's what humans do they they like to join things uh, just to feel a part of it and uh, so they'll they'll flex they're, they're gonna take the vacation set, you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do um, likewise but yeah I think I think it will it will help people I don't hope not rush but I'm um, even I'm trying to like all right I need to start something you know something has to start it and be started because like I'm not trying to go through this again and I damn sure don't want to be sitting around waiting for no government check to come through which it will never come through um, we need to understand that too and the government will probably never do anything like this ever again <laughs> and you see something like this is what the new deal and people been in poverty you know so even then um but no I think that you know we'll we'll be able to really um people are like young people are they, I think they, they'll be able to like 
advance at a pace where like I think it helps people reflect and have clarity um, about what their career or what they even want to do um, for themselves and when you see how easy everything can just go bad um, and just shake up everything and then you know if you didn't if you it's either like when random things happen it's either you're prepared or not you know a mm-hmm. lot of people stay a lot of people stay right and it's not to blame people who are getting stimulus checks there's a whole bunch of corporations too who had no money because they won't buy a whole, airlines struggling they thought you thought i forgot i didn't forget yeah they won't they, <laughs> they, they do a billion dollar buybacks they put no money anywhere else and then they lost all that money uh and now you need to eject like four trillion into the uh, stock market and whatever to help them stay afloat hotel cruises like these massive corporations had no money you know when pandemic happened once people started consuming uh spending their money on things you know and then all of a sudden you know, now now they're quiet. Now they need a payday, uh, payday protection loans or whatever they're called PPP loans, and you know they need to send a third. And you know, and so like, you know, a lot of a lot of people, things, corporations, you name it, were living on the edge and having fun until you know you needed to be serious and lock things away. So I think it will. I think it will be a a, a massive motivator. Um, and once people go back outside and stuff like that, I mean. You're outside already, Mike. The, oh, street, yeah. the streets I, is I'm, calling. Everybody I got know, their I little know. screenshots on the streets. I'm sure that was wrong for you. I don't know. People, All Star Weekend, people are living life. I mean, it looked fantastic. Yeah, we could talk about We got to talk about that <laughs> on, after after dinner. But after, yeah. After, <laughs> but no, I'll end my, my reflections there. We can go to table talk, but yeah. That's good. That was a good conversation. Yeah. What are we talking about today, man? I got to pull up pull up the question. Oh, my. What you going to get your, 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 your tea? No, no, no I'm, get, I'm getting my, my, my soundboard ready for whatever, whatever you're starting off with. Oh, we reading all the questions, right? Um, no, just, no one. just one. Just one. one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so please continue to send your questions in. Uh, continue to follow the Instagram page at AD Convos on Instagram. Again, at AD Convos on Instagram. Uh, we're posting every every week there's questions. So you know there's questions. So even if we don't post, you know, DM us, whatever. Hit us up. Um, we love to read these questions. They're, they are anonymous. And so... Here we go with the question for the week. Everybody's favorite question. Mike is ready. Steven is smiling already. Um, so the question for the week is, what are your thoughts on hypergamy? And for people that do not know, I have pulled up the definition. That's me. <laughs> hypergamy is a term used in social science for the act or practice of a person marrying a spouse of higher caste or social status than themselves. So it's just Ew, being in a relationship. Steven, I, I posed the question. I know you posed the question, so but I might, I'm I might get you, clarification. <laughs> so, so it's like being in a relationship with someone above your social class. Correct. So that's age old human. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. People have been doing that. That's what uh, chivalry was in old English. That's, that's still chivalry now, technically. Yeah, literally. That's what it well, meant. People try to refer you, to it as chivalry. Exactly. No, it's literally what it meant. You're trying to court someone outside of your social class or wealth. 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 Yeah, I'll say yeah, wealth yeah. class more than social class, necessarily. Yeah, I guess yeah. they're the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Depending. So. Depending on where. <laughs> Depending on where you you located, definitely. Um, definitely A lot of of broke dudes in rich circles in New York and other places. Doing what? See how Stevens going away from (laughs) the question. (laughs) No, I'm just. They must be hanging out because they ain't doing nothing else (laughs) in them circles. Oh no, no, it's always interesting. They having they having dinner. (laughs) Um, but no, I think it's one of those things where I don't think it's necessarily anything wrong with it, right? I think the problem is is that people will assume that because they are, let's say going from the male perspective, right? Uh, they are the provider in that type of dynamic. Like they're the person of the wealth. They have dominion on how everything is going to be done in that relationship, right? It's always the, because I have the money, you got to do X, Y, and Z for me. It's the same conversation they have on Clubhouse, right? When mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God, okay, well, if he make more money than me, then he got to play 80% of the bills. Uh, and he can, okay, you got to cook for me. Why well, I got to cook for you? You know, it's, it's that dynamic. Everybody looks at the dynamic that has to happen with that money. You can do whatever we want anybody at a social class. I think the the thing that comes to the question is, quote, unquote, what are those requirements? In theory, there should be no requirements, right? If you love the person, y'all going to do whatever y'all want in y'all marriage. But people feel like because you're going up, you got to provide X, Y, and Z that's and oftentimes patriarchal, like that whole dynamic of you need to service the man or whatever in that regard if you're talking from a heterosexual norm. So I think that that's the word that gets the context of that question. If you're talking about just normally, I don't think there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but I think it's what you require because of it. And you would need to ask somebody, okay, you know, let's say you make, let's say we ask a random dude, J- Jacob, right? I don't know why I said Jacob, but that was the first thing that came to my head. We ask Jacob, Jacob makes 140K, right? And a woman like Jacob, let's say she makes X amount of money. I won't say the amount of speak, but it's less than Jacob. 
She marries. She marries Jacob. But know? I think the amount matters though, because if that, she makes a hundred k. Okay, let's, that's a, let's say she does, makes forty five k. Doesn't matter. Forty five k. Teacher <laughs> in a struggling. School I think so because I mean, so social status tends to have a range. Mm-hmm. So you know, if she's within the range, then technically it wouldn't be hypergamy because they exist on sort of the same playing field. So a, a tax bracket lower. Yeah. Anywhere below. Yeah, 70, I, was, I was just saying to some yeah. to some people they, they don't really care. Yeah, he could, Jake could make one twenty, she could make one nineteen. I make more, <laughs> so I, I still I still. But yeah, I, w- I, w- yeah. I wouldn't see that as hypergamy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say like, a, a, like oh, yeah, clearly she, your taxes show <laughs> that you know you the the amount they're taking out for you and, and the other person is clearly different, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. let's say I said seventy thousand mm-hmm. below. Um, she loves she loves Jacob, right? Great, fantastic guy. What's this, that, and throw whatever. Cool, cool, cool. On the surface, you were saying there's nothing wrong with it. Now let's say Jacob says because you're my wife. You know, you need to also like. Let's say um, he he makes one hundred forty k. He's like, you know, you have to quit your job now because I I make money for both of us. That's not a smart business. He, man. He, it's not a smart business, but that's, that's let's say that's the dynamic you want because he he feels like he has the, the right to do so. What are we saying to Jacob? Nothing. Don't get me. I'm just. But that's if what that, I'm that, saying. If that like, was his agreement, and that's what mm-hmm. hypergamy meant for him, then then that's what that's what I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. that's that that's the line we're moving with. But I think traditionally people always see. Say, say the word again. I've been stumbling on the word hypergamy. Hypergamy. There we go. I, that's why I haven't said it for the last five minutes. <laughs> I felt my tongue like slipping on the Y somewhere. Um, that people always attach a very very like um, narrow scope of the people who are of the who. Aren't the financial who are the financial beneficiary like they're receiving that financial money that they have to like I almost I almost see like you're just servicing the person that's how it's always looked at that's why I think it has a very very negative connotation in some circles mm-hmm. but I'm gonna let y'all jump in before I add more on commentary now I would just say that it's always funny to me that like heterosexual like couples like men and women. Um, no one wants to like conform to the general rules, but everyone follows them. <laughs> everyone, everyone expects them to be law. No one wants to do yeah, anything. Drop something for that. <laughs> so you know, and I'm not saying I'm a fan of traditional gender. But you know, like it's, I, I hear it. Like you know, men want to make a lot of money, but they don't want to pay for everything. They don't want to. If they don't fix them, you know, women. You know, it, it might be the opposite end where we're like women might want to be taken care of. They might we want that hypergamy relationship because that's what. That's what I guess we're sure. used to. I guess because that's a part of the culture of like. I mean, that's yeah, true. Like you said, that's true. Yeah, exactly, exactly. yeah, so like, or they might want that or stuff like that, but they don't want to do everything. Other things like housekeeping, which is like you know typical misogynistic like yeah, thing yeah, you would think yeah, women yeah. would do mm-hmm. in the household, uh, just do all the child the caring, rearing, mm-hmm. <laughs> raising by yourself and all that type of stuff. Um, well, so no one wants to do anything, but you know everyone's still like I, for because for me I'm like, um. I'm more like open to because like I don't know if like if you're making more you I mean I guess you would want cause it's like it's all up in that mindset it's, it's all in that it's scheme the same it's, it's a cultural thing it's a cultural so, thing say, it's the same thing for the US if you make more money you get to make more decisions it's the same it's, it falls all the way down to the family yeah it's a social oh. it's a yeah it's a wealth class no excuse me um and stuff like that but no I think that if you want to live how you want to live your life on your own you know accord which is what I like to do like you know you can define that for yourself um as well so if you're the one making the more money and you're like no matter if you're a man or a woman um and you look just date someone who's like making less money than you um and then you're like okay like i'm okay with this because whatever mm-hmm. you know for whatever reason you might have and then the other person's like i'm okay with this because you know, clearly why would i not be okay with dating someone who makes more money than me you, think, yeah. you know or whatever um as well so it's, i think it's up to the people to make those choices about like how they should navigate that uh situation because it, it's, it's likely to happen like you know it's what happens to everybody someone's going to make more typically in real life scenarios you know someone's going to make a little bit more than another person in your partnership and i don't know i think that you can um yeah, man, and you can do what you want to do, but like, I think people just get too caught up in like, why isn't something the way it was? I was told it was gonna be <laughs> like, you know, why? The story. Why am I making all this money if I don't have a woman that's gonna clean my house, <laughs> like, you know, or cook or yeah. give me a family or da, da, da. They they want things to be at traditional, mm-hmm. and because they want because that's that's what people are told that if they make money and enough money, they will get these receptions. It whether it's man or woman, you know, if if it's like cause it just means different things to different people. But honestly, at the end of the day, like that hypergamy thing is like I don't. know I personally think it's ridiculous, but I think a lot of social things are ridiculous. So, uh, I mean, you just choose what you want to do. I know a lot of people make so much fuss over it, or like, you know, just do what you want to do. Like, if you want to date, if you literally want, I want to be a housewife, and I want to date someone who makes six figures, then do that. There's nothing wrong with that. And why, you shouldn't feel like you have to be degraded for wanting something like that um, as well. And then, see, that's a funny part, too, because if I put it <laughs> the flip side, and then the man said that, he's like, I just want to I just want to be a houseman. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just want my wife to make six figures. I just stay at home. I do everything else in the world. You know, not a lot of people want to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, look, look at this lazy dude. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of things. Masculinity, you name it. Everything yeah, yeah, yeah. becoming a question. Beta, beta boy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Mike hates that word. Who, beta? The, the whole concept is stupid to me. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha male, beta male. Yeah, you just this. You just, Yo. People always want to canonize things. People always want to make it no. It's not It's not that. It's this. It's just what they want it to be. Oh, um, at the end of the day. So it's just done to me. But that's just my answer, man. I don't know. I just feel like people, we spend so much time over stuff that's so trivial. Um, you know, Corey, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. I mean, it means stuff to other people. The, the, the but problem is you got a lot of a lot of single individuals adding their three cents about it. But then when you ask them, you know, concretely about, you know, how does this apply to them, it's, they're mute. Oh, so it's all single people on social media giving relationship advice. I mean, is that, isn't that the story of social media? The story of everything. Listen, I'm a lot of people speak on things. Listen, a lot of people speak on things they don't really know about. Yeah, Corey been sitting here for ten minutes. I'm just listening, man. I'm just listening. Hey, go ahead, jump in, Corey. That's a good conversation. Um, no, I think for me, don't make it politically correct either. Bro, (laughs) on that shit. (laughs) Uh, so I'm gonna keep the same energy I was talking when we was offline. Mm. uh, We was chatting (laughs) about the question. I don't think modern hypergamy can be a thing. Because mm. the concept of modern traditional is not a thing. Mm. It's an oxymoron, mm. right? Like it, word, is yeah. modern. it is an oxymoron. To be modern and traditional don't tend to work mm-hmm. because there's too many overlapping ideals that will come into conflict with one another. And so it's, hey, I want to work 80 hours a week, but I don't want to clean the house. Or, you know, I don't want to work at all. But I'm expected to be the breadwinner. Like, there's too many conflicting ideals there mm-hmm. on both a male side and a woman's side. Yeah. And so that's where I struggle with hypergamy. But I think also, you know, we talked about it a little bit. The financial aspect I would deem hypergamy is not he makes $10,000 more than me. It's a gap. It's a, it's a gap. Mm-hmm. And I think there there are other factors that play into the fact that men typically hit their financial earning peaks later. Mm-hmm. Fem- women tend to hit their financial peaks a little bit earlier than men. Mm-hmm. And so there's these dynamics where, hey, I might want hypergamy, but I don't want to date anybody more than two years older than me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's there's this imbalance. And so, again, modern hypergamy can't really be a thing if modern traditional can't be a thing. Yeah. And I think, like Mike said, that's what everybody wants. They want modern traditional. Yeah, like, modern traditional. That's such a, we have they that they want the benefits, but they don't want to have to do the work. Nobody they, wants to, nobody, so, no one wants to do what their general is telling them to do. So, you know, if modern traditional can't be a thing, can hypergamy really be a thing? And and will it be mm-hmm. a thing? I don't, I don't think so. But I also think people need to individually challenge what their expectations are and discuss them. If you're, if we're dating, and I'm, and so hypergamy is typically a marriage concept. It's not a dating concept. It's yeah. a marriage concept. And so if you're dating prior to marriage, recording prior to marriage, however you want to phrase it, and you're not saying as a, as a woman, hey, I don't want to have to work after I have children. That's, that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're not saying that, and then children come and you're saying, you know, there's that daycare conversation and you thought you were going to be able to stay home. And now you're yeah. mad that you, you know, you can't stay home. Like there's these things that were never addressed. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a man and you say, hey, I want a woman who one doesn't want to have to work. And two, typically has more traditional values, cooks, cleans, whatever the case is. If you're not expressing that and then when she doesn't want to cook. Or doesn't want to clean, right? And there's there's this dynamic that was never addressed, and mm-hmm. so I think there's just a lack of communication. I think we talked about it on another podcast too, um, where there's just expectations that aren't addressed on a, a a man side or a woman side that just needs to be talked about so that we, each party can know what the other party wants. But modern traditional is is an ideal expectation that doesn't exist in reality, in my opinion. Oh, the yeah. streets that, man. And so, Especially how, like, social media changed everything. Exactly. Uh, how people relate to each other. And so modern hypergamy can't really be a thing. But I think that it only exists because, you know, people, that's why I say people cap that what's what they want. The minute they find somebody they like, they conform to everything they said they wouldn't do nine times out of ten. Oh, I'm not, I ain't never going to touch this nigga's laundry. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm only like, oh, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first, first thing I remember. So it was like, and so and so again, you know, <laughs> figure out. This is the stupidest thing, bro. Figure out what you what you like and you don't like. But I think 
the reality is hypergamy existed in a day or at least started in a day where equality between genders was not as prominent or, you know, as it is today. It's still not prominent. It's still not prominent. <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, it's it's in conversation. Right. And we, yeah, and we see it in certain capacities. And so when you think about, you know, men tend to tended to be the only ones with uh, postgraduate degrees or graduate degrees or even bachelor's degrees. Mm-hmm. Right. And now there's this education leveling essentially where men and women both have the same degrees right men and women yes there's still a pay gap argument but men and women can you know apply and have the opportunity to attain the same careers hypergamy looks a lot different if y'all both making the same income if y'all both got the same degrees Mm -hmm. marrying up looks a lot different especially if we're not agreeing to or open to dating with a larger age gap than the two three maybe four years that you know millennials and under are are okay with so modern traditional not a thing we coined it here after dinner conversations follow us on instagram (laughs) um and so modern hypergamy not a thing do i do i believe in it absolutely do i think it can work absolutely for sure but with our generation some of the expectations that we have i think um are traditional yet modern those two things can't work together. We have to bring a guest to really flush this out. It's a bigger topic. One of these. Yeah. Things. But thank you for the question, though. Make sure you um, continue to s- submit your questions. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, that brings us to what? Plug a plug? Plug a plug. That's good. Uh, this week, we have... That's crazy. I hate when it has something open, and it just disappears on me. It's the toughest, toughest of scenes. But make sure you go support these businesses too. Um, we shout them out, but you know it doesn't mean much if if you all aren't reaching out and, and being active. And let them know after the conversation sent you, um, because we we love continuing to build those connections in the community and, and have these brands uh, support. And if brands want to come on and talk more about your business or your service, please uh, be sure to reach out to us individually um, on our Instagram page at AD Convos because we love to have that conversation and find out more about what your brand is doing and what your business is doing. So hit us. Yeah, so this week we got a brand called Dope Scrubs, a uh, black-owned business that makes uh, healthcare um, uniforms for people in nursing. I say healthcare, so whatever name it, they got it. Um, Dope Scrubs. They got all different types of colors. They got a whole website called DopeScrubs.com. They got pages and size charts to fit almost every size you could think of. Um, so follow them on Instagram, Dope, D-O-P-E. Scrubs, S-C-R-U-V-S, and let them know after dinner conversation sent you. Word, word. Now, everybody's favorite segment. Who got it this week, man? I can I can go first. I had three songs this week, and I settled on one, but I almost want to change it. But I already sent it to y'all, so yeah, I Yeah, you it. can't change it now. Too late. I'm dead. You going first, Mike? Yeah, I go first. Um, so it's another great song that popped up on the playlist. I like the vibe, I like the rap, uh, I like the production too as well. So this song is called Sideshow, featuring Conway the Machine, uh, by London Drugs, Jay Worthy, and Sean House. I don't know why. It took, it took, a, while it. Yeah. It took a while for it to scroll. I apologize. I was trying to click on it on the screen, and then it just started playing. I'm like, that's tough. Old niggas in Kango has cocaine like Anglo Sacks. Big homies who never rap. Onesta, we in the back. The deuce is where we at. Yeah, I'm just stating facts. And hoes like Lil Black. Hit Vig and play the track. In hopes to make it bright. Play Odies and let them slap. Our lingers in Cadillacs. Break stinking like Cognac. By sipping a 40 back. Hit Dave from Cataracts. And tell him I need a half. Got 40, that's from the last. Like nigga, I do the math. That's 80 and tell him cash. Have movements, we do it. Pussy niggas won't last, it's wicked, we in the land Niggas will do you for a band A 
and 50 sacks. Young killers and raiders hats. My shooter just played it back. He waiting to spray his mac. That bitch just made me a sack. I blow it, she made it back. I'm eating, nigga. You ain't even seeing my table scrap. Believe me, I'm staying fat. Yo, I had a Conway the Machine song too sitting there. It was like him and Big Goats Limited. Um, I think it came out literally just this past week or two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah, I got it. See. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good. That's a, got some good songs on there too. Conway the Man. Nah, that's facts, bro. I got it next. Or actually, no, nah, Corey, you go next, yo, because we'll transition the vibe. Oh goodness. R and B. Um, this not mine's not R and B. Yours is uh, it's, it's a little bit more rapping in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, this week my song is by Vic Mensa featuring Wyclef Jean and Chance the Rapper. The song is called Shelter. There's a war going on outside that nobody's safe from, but here in my arms, I'll keep you from harm. There's no guarantee tonight that we will wake up when night takes the morning. But if no alarm rings, you can count on one thing. I'll be your shelter. Emergency. Please count on me. Told me call 911, but who do you call when the ambulances don't come? Or watch as the ones swarm by law to protect us. Wrongfully convict us, then call the corrections. Next, they build a banks up when we in recession. And hang us in the jail cell so they can swing the elections. I walk Chicago streets with potholes as deep and Tahoes creep like TLC. Hospital workers and scrubs with no PPE, but they got money for riot gear. My nigga, we dying here, yeah. You tell me not to move with my gun, but we got more funeral homes than schools where i'm from and on the news all you view is homicides tell me why it ain't no trauma units when everybody traumatized trying to get on your feet playing a hand they dealt you if your house is not a home let this song be your shelter 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 I'll be your shelter Under the underpass, rumbling stomachs, cups, jingle, and hummus pass. The return of Chance the Rapper. Yeah, I need him to make it come back. He did a, a dope verse in his song. Yeah. When he dropped his little Christmas thing. A little Christmas feature. That, that, that was this solid. Year? Yeah. Yeah, but I need a tape. <laughs> I don't need I don't need that. I need I, I need him to come back on the comeback project. I need him to get in his booth, get back to his writing, get back to whatever he needs to get back to. Mike said get back on the drugs. No, I see, I see. I, <laughs> I have no problem with him being happy, married, you know, godly man, being a family man. That's it's beautiful, fantastic. I love watching his like, you know, everything he posts on social mm-hmm. media. I'm just saying, yeah, get back to the rap. <laughs> I get back to what he what, what got him to got him best. I hope it's not drugs. <laughs> but you know, I hope it's just his writing ability. Maybe spend some more time in the studio and you know. Yeah. Collab with the right people, get the right beat. Makers. Exactly. He deserved. He was very. He was a top five hip hop artist. Um, before twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well, he's getting. He's getting there. He's getting. Yeah, he's getting up there. Like, I apologize. Not to mean he was already placed there, but he was working his way up. He had like a similar trajectory of like uh, Travis. In 2016, mm. come on! After after that verse, he didn't. Remember, I was I was, I was late to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't really watch this come up. So. Oh yeah, but yeah, 2016 was his year after Ultra Light Beam. Then he dropped that the Chance Three. Album. Yeah, I remember the Chance Three. That was the same year as uh, yeah. Lemonade and uh, mm-hmm. Views, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. profitability. He was skyrocketing. I flung everywhere. I never. I remember coming to UConn campus, um, like that fall, and I didn't know he was so popular. I seen three hats, oh, yeah, yeah, posters yeah, yeah. on the wall. Everyone had that Chance poster. CT has love Chance. Yeah, I was. It was new t- news to me. Um, let me just slide my song in real quick. Uh, this is a new artist. Uh, make sure y'all check him out. His name is Emok. A uh, song's called PK. Going around in the day. 
days Tell them it's really out So they can just Going on in your head Ups and all the downs and the takes Beverly going around in the takes Tell them it's really down So they can call you Like Mark PK, uh, really dope artist. Love the song. Make sure y'all check him out. Spotify, Apple Music, wherever y'all get music, you probably can find him. Yeah, that's some good songs there. Word, I like that. Calm vibes. Got to get that voting popping. Um, soon come, soon come, soon come. Got to get that voting popping. But again, thank y'all so much for listening. This has been episode fifty-one. Y'all see the weather is getting warmer, which means we got to start talking about summer antics. <laughs> Wings and whiskey part one Yes sir um, We shall see what that looks like But uh, make sure y'all stay tuned Follow us on Instagram at ADConvos Again on Instagram at ADConvos Yes sir Y'all are not listening to me man Make sure y'all go on <laughs> Apple Podcasts um, And leave a, a comment Leave a review um, Even if you listen on Spotify If you listen on Google If you listen on Anchor Take a break and go to Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, leave a review. <laughs> Even if you listen on Anchor, man, just go leave a comment and review on Apple sure. Podcasts. Um, we appreciate it. Um, but until next week, man, stay safe. Uh, peace. Love.